KVLA Talk 1580. Black, blackity black, black all day long. <laughs> Although all are welcome, I must say, 800 920 1580. If you want to get in on the conversation, um, welcoming into the space today. Uh, a black Republican. She's a business technology expert, actually, an entrepreneur and a political commentator with um, who works in corporate operations and organizational management. Um, she uh, does a lot of radio, actually. She's got a weekly show on the Newsmax. Uh, she appears weekly, excuse me, on the Newsmax television show, American Agenda. And she's a passionate conservative, she says, an active leader in the New Jersey State Republican Party, where she'll probably be going toe-to-toe with my brother, who is <laughs> is a Democratic mayor in that state. Uh, so welcome, welcome, welcome. Great to have you back, uh, Melanie Collette. Thank you so much for having me. I pre- appreciate that so much. Yeah, I mean, we, we we can talk about a lot of things, and, and uh, we always, we do, but I know that you wanted to weigh in on the situation with uh, <laughs> former Harvard University president, and bless you, by the way. Or um, Thank you. I'm sorry. I have bronchitis. Oh, I'm sorry I, to hear yeah, that. Yeah, right in the struggle bus. Oh, real, my goodness. That's, that's a terrible thing for a radio and TV person. Get that lemon, yes, get is. that ginger in. But, um, yeah, I know you wanted to weigh in on Claudine Gay. She was the president, obviously, everyone's talking about it, of Harvard University for less than six months, uh, accused of anti-Semitism, although I, I think that's really disingenuous. Certainly she fumbled the ball at a congressional hearing. Um, she um, is accused of plagiarism. Again, uh the more you dive down into that deep dive into that, the less credible it seems. However, um, in, in many black folks are really angry that she was pushed out. Um, but you have a different take, right? I do. And I, you know, I don't understand. I feel like black people should be angry at Claudine Gay. I have to be honest because I, 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 I don't know about the, um, about the play. When you have a plagiarism accusation, that is certainly different than um, than than it being proven. Although I believe that she submitted like four corrections or something. um, Citations, yeah, citations, right? But I mean, anybody who took their first college class or even high school, I'm a former educator. uh, FYI, I was in education for 20 years before I switched to to the political space. Um, But like that's a huge no-no. Even when I taught high school, one accusation—it's a warning and a detention. The next one, you're out, and it—it was always like that when I was in college. So I feel like people should be more annoyed with Claudine Gay that she like. There's no. But oh, have I'll you? But have you? But have you, but have you really? Foundation. But have you really looked that's at that? Right. Because I mean, like for example, the the main person that they're saying she plagiarized was her advisor on the thesis, and so that person obviously knew those were their words. And she she says in the beginning of the paper that she's going to be using their words, but she just doesn't put quotation marks around it in a citation. Apparently, back in the right, 90s, the de- right, those quotation the marks were not even required back then. That has come those, into prominence since the Internet has come into prominence. That is the textbook definition of plagiarism. And there is 
Listen, at least I'm just saying from my own experience as an educator. There is no textbook definition of, of, of plagiarism, but there, is, there, no there are academic standards, and they've changed since the 90s. Yes. Right. And if you are in charge of a school where you kick people out for plagiarism, you can't be the president there. But whether or not what she did was pla- was plagiarism is open to debate. It, some are saying and that it's academically sloppy, and I hate that that happened. But the fact that, you know, it's being overblown um, and the fact that they're holding her to 2000s standards when that thing was written in the 90s, those are problematic issues. Not for you? Uh, not for me. And I wouldn't, I, I would say that the bit that, the plagiarism is a distraction. Had she resigned like the other white woman did right away because of her testimony, none of this would be dug up. I completely agree that she's being attacked. Is she being attacked because, simply because she's black? No, I don't believe that. But is she being attacked? Does her blackness play a role? And clear? Does her blackness mm-hmm. play a role in it to you? Not to me. No, not at all. I mean, now, now understand. Wow, Republicans. There are Republicans that abs- black Republicans absolutely disagree with me. Yeah, no doubt. So, I know uh, one of know. them. <laughs> yeah, uh oh, okay. <laughs> but it, but he's not here today. You're here today. Um, I don't know no, how no, you can no. say I'm her blackness saying. plays no role. I mean, she's the first black was, woman president okay, so what, at where, Harvard, and evidence? she comes. Well, it's cl- I mean, it's clear from the the vitriol uh, of the attacks. It's clear from the racist attacks that she suffered, including threats on her life. Um, well, it's okay. One of the main it, it, guys it, calling for hmm? in those particular cases where those particular racists had a racist agenda. Sure. But, but you don't believe not, you don't believe there's not, any systemic built in prejudice that made it the first time in however many hundred years that Harvard had a had a black woman at the helm. That I don't believe that hmm. just because they have a black woman at the helm that entitles her to get away with what a white I didn't person that's not what I asked you. I asked you if that had anything to do with her downfall. If the fact that they scrutinize no, her times no, 200 because if she had been on the straight and narrow and been very clear that she is very concerned about the safety of all of her students including her Jewish students, she wouldn't be where she is. Okay, two that, shots that we have to she, she, she I, I, I see how you snuck in the little anti-Semitism you snuck in the little anti-Semitism accusation there. So we can deal with that. Uh, that's, that's but accusation if you are in administration in any school safety is job one yeah but but there but there's no credible there's no credible evidence that she neglected the safety of jewish students the accusation was that what she did in the hearing was seemed to be anti-semitic it was stupid i give you that i thought she didn't handle it well but that's I believe she was following the advice of Harvard's lawyers. I've been in those DE. I've been in one of those yeah. DEI jobs, yeah, and I was, know what they tell you to do. Right. But she's six and months it, on the job. She's going to follow the advice of the lawyers. Was it smart? No. But for you to tell me that she didn't get extra scrutiny because she's a black woman, the first black woman to lead Harvard, that doesn't that doesn't um, it doesn't pass the giggle test. Okay, okay. I, I will. I will give you this. I will. I will give you that. Just because I feel the way I do about her, Alster, does not mean that I don't believe what has been consistent for years as black women, especially when we're in spaces where we're rising up, so to speak. I've always been taught, and I'm sure other black people will say the same thing, you have to be better than your white counterparts. You have to be cleaner 
you have to you have to have all your ducks in a row. It's not fair. It's not right. But that's the way it is. And all of us, or many of us that are aware of this, is why I get back to the people who should be mad are other successful black women. Who okay. Mad? Well, we all because we all know this. Other successful black women are mad because they feel she's being targeted. Many of us feel that. And let me tell you something. Um, Nicole Hannah-Jones and other prominent black scholars have made the point, and it seems to be borne out by the recent headlines, that if we were to hold every university president or high-level academic to the same kind of fine-tooth comb scrutiny that we held uh, Claudine Gay to, there would be a lot more vacancies. Bill Ackman, who is a big Harvard donor, who is leading the charge, what I call an intellectual lynching of Claudine Gay, turns out his wife um, was is accused of plagiarism at MIT, which is a I similarly... Prestigious university. She happens to be Israeli. Her name is Neri Oxman, and um, well, he's not calling for her to resign. I don't see uh, MIT donors calling for her to resign. I heard Republican apologists saying, "Well, she's not at a prestigious institution." Wrong. MIT well, is that arguably that doesn't matter. yeah That's fancier than Harvard. Agree with those okay, so so that. what do you? I mean, you don't see a double standard there. Oh, I do see a double standard with that particular person. Absolutely. And, I mean, you should make sure all your little duckies are in a row before you go out and say something like that publicly. Right? Like, I shouldn't do that. That is extremely hypocritical. So you feel like, you, for some reason, well, let me ask you, why is it so important to you to make it about an individual rather than recognizing the systemic, system-wide, institutional racism? And sexism, because for that matter. if we live in that space, we live in a space, and this is from a broader perspective, we live in a space of always being the victim. And I don't like that. Wrong. I'm not a when, victim. I am a victor. When, I am a victor, but I know what I'm fighting I against. A slaying dragons. Slaying exactly. dragons. You, you don't pretend there's no dragons there when you slay dragons. Exactly. Absolutely not. Don't pretend there's. I do not pretend there's no. But you are there. pretending that. If but you, is, you but you have to. Did you just tell me there was no institutional racism? You know how they say um, in the law, there's something called clean hands, right? Where in order for you to operate in certain spaces, you have to be clean as a whistle. That's how black people. That's how all people. No, we don't have to be clean as a whistle. We have to be perfect, which is actually humanly impossible. But I asked you a specific question. Didn't you just tell me that that systemic? Well, pretty much. I mean, like if if you if you have any little thing you ever did in your life, then the police police are justified in killing you. Then it's fine if you get driven out of office. But my question is, did you do you acknowledge that there is systemic racism and sexism? I don't. Not in a, in a particularly. So then you're fighting not, dragons, pretending I, I, they don't exist. You're you're pretending there are no dragons and and claiming to be fighting them. No, I think there are individual dragons. What I don't think, what I <laughs> what, excuse me, let me rephrase this. What I what I do think, what I do think is that where those dragons rear their ugly heads, they should be slayed. What I don't think is that that pertains to entire groups of people, much like white people, much like... We're not talking about negative, people. We're talking about institutions right now. We're talking about institutions negative, right now. Uh, what? Which are full of people. Yeah, 
So they're full of in, they're full of people. You're breaking it down to individual people. If we just got rid of the That's the right. bad apples, but they are they, we, they we've seen time and time again when these patterns repeat over and over again over decades and centuries. That is called institutionalized practices that doesn't fall down to one individual. It falls down to the policies belief, and practices of an institution. My belief is that it actually does. That I am responsible for my own behavior. Of course you Every are. individual. That's right. Every individual is responsible for their own behavior. Equality, which was the original standard, you know, a la uh, MLK, Equality is Don't try to co-opt MLK. I hate when Republicans do I'm that. It's so annoying. No you are, I didn't say corrupt. I said co-opt. Similar, but not the same. Uh, we, uh, my apologies. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's all about individualism. And that is always the line of people who want to deny the pattern. But a pattern and practice is what needs to be disrupted in order to stop the individuals. Because those policies, those institutionalized racism, sexism, what have you, they are rewarding certain behavior of those individuals within the institution. And that is what makes it broader than just me or you. Get your response to that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward, includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. Power. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. I do appreciate you. Lively conversation here with Melanie Collette. She's a business technology expert, entrepreneur, political commentator. Uh, she's on uh, Newsmax Television, uh, American Agenda, every single week. And uh, we were talking about, well, we started out talking about Claudine Gay, got into systemic racism and systemic sexism. You were saying it's about the individual. We're responsible for our own actions, which I agree with, but that does not erase the fact that certain actions and certain attitudes and profiles are rewarded by institutions. And that that is what um, bakes that pattern into the cake. You had a response, I'm sure. Melanie Collette, take it away. I do, and I want to say I, I do want to thank you, sis, for our respectful dialogue on this. I really do. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, but I do want to say that you know the reason why I, I focus so much on individualism is partially because of my own experience. If I don't focus on individualism, then I ignore all the white people who fought and died during the civil rights movement, during the Civil War. The the the, the white boss who was an entrepreneur when I was 25 years old, who handed me my first $5,000 bonus and introduced me to investing. The white men who fought even locally, I'm the first black woman to get elected to a particular office where I live. Congrats. I live in a predominantly white area. They ran, the Democrats, by the way, ran a white woman against me, and I got double the vote. We are 4.8% black in the county in which I live in, and I'm now an elected official holding a county seat. How, so but, when, I say that how, system, when I say that there's systemic racism, I ignore all those people. No, actually, and you I don't. don't you gl- to, you how, does, how does acknowledging systemic racism ignore the white allies because that fight means, against it? That makes zero sense. They see the no, dragons. That's why they're fighting against them with us. Assuming, 
Mm. It means you go in assuming that white people mean you harm. And that is not the No, case. that you're doesn't mean that. No. No, I'm not fighting people. I'm fighting policies and systems. You're the one that's putting it on individuals. People. I don't care if people you like me or not. Policies. I'm glad we're having a respectful respectful dialogue, but it's not about who likes me and who doesn't like me. It's about the policies, the procedures, the laws, and the so-called, you know, advantages that people have or don't have in society. It's not about individual people. Sure, I like so it when... Disadvantage, in- what disadvantage did Ms. Gay have that a white... If she were white, you think this would have turned out differently under the circumstances? Yeah. I, I do not agree. I do all. think so. I think so. And I, um, and I, I think the I white think woman, she would I have been it was at MIT who quit, saw the writing on the wall and was like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> and that was the right thing to do. Uh, you're talking about opinion. the. You're talking. You're not talking about the latest uh, Bill Ackman's Ackerman's wife, who. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, is also at MIT. Three, Apparently, it's a hotbed of. Three yeah, I know what you're talking leaders. about. The presidents. Yeah, right, school right, presidents. Right. And yeah, no, but right I mean, away. but you said, that's would it do. be different? Yeah, and it's easy to compare that. That's apples and oranges. I think if it was a white Harvard president that had the entire board behind them, it would be a lot harder for them to smear them as anti-Semitic when there was no evidence that they were. I think it would be a lot different. Uh, it would be a lot harder for people to believe. They would be more interested in the nuance that I pointed out early on about whether or not that was even actually right to the level of plagiarism and we would you know it, they would be clear that she was qualified the implication was that this woman was not qualified but there's no black person in america who's going to rise to be president of harvard without being qualified that's that's a myth well let's let's hope that that's the case and maybe harvard does a better job vetting and researching their people before they make them president of the school. I think they vetted her and then they abandoned her. I don't think they would have abandoned her in the same way. What's your solution moving forward? I mean, should the next president of Harvard be be black? The next president of Harvard should be qualified. If she's well, black, every Harvard president is if qualified. The person, if the person is black, I'd be I'll be delighted. Get, don't get me wrong. I'm very proud of being the first black person to hold the office that I hold in my county. Extremely proud of that. That was not easy. and I, But I earned it, and I'm well qualified for it. Well, Claudine I, Gay I earned it, too. There's no, I did not you, grow, I did you not think, grow up privileged in any way. Melanie Collette, are, are you telling me you think that Claudine way. Gay got the job at Harvard because she's black? Are you telling me that she didn't? Yes. This is what we're saying. This yeah. is what we're really going with. This is where You're we're going. Her be- so what we're going to say is that her being black had no contribution to her getting that job. But then that's literally all people talked about. First, first black. Well, woman, yeah, it wasn't. It was an important breakthrough. It was an important breakthrough. But no, no, she got it in spite of being black. And that's why everyone was talking about it. And that and that is sad that that's the position that we're in, that that's how we think. Uh, You have to think that I got this because I'm amazing. And, oh, by the way, little icing on the cake, I bring some diversity to the table. Are you? Because um, my lived experience is different than yours. And good thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-diversity. Are you anti, anti are you against, but you're against DEI, right? I'm not a fan of DEI at all. Right, you're but, you're no, you're friend. for diversity if it just happens to fall out of the sky, but not if there's any initiatives to actually encourage it happening. Which uh, dis- me, racism in this country has discouraged it from happening all these years. Let me say this about DEI: something that I'm coming to learn. I have a, I have a very close friend 
She's a DEI expert. Um, she also happens to be a black Republican. Surprise! But in our, but let me let me say this: in our very respectful conversations that we've been having about this, I feel like DEI may be getting applied differently in the education space. Then, and we don't have time to talk about it right now, than it is in the private sector. Now, she's a DEI expert in the private sector. I've only experienced DEI in the education space, and it's been very negative for me. So, Well, yeah, um, but, you but know. DEI is the new affirmative action. DEI is the new whipping boy. DEI is, you know, now you, do, you don't, you not only do you not want to be able to discriminate against me, you don't even want to include me. That's next level racism. Do you acknowledge that there's racism in this country and specifically in the Republican Party? I think there's racism in both parties. That's do you acknowledge that? Uh, and, uh, so you don't that, acknowledge that, that this, the Republican Party is a party Democrat, of white supremacy? Democrat policies, Democrat laws and policies are racist. But That's but why are all the white supremacists over in your party? Why are the Proud Boys over there? Why is Stephen exactly. Miller over there? Uh, why, all of them. All, all of them. the white. All the white. Well, yeah, about ninety nine percent. Maybe pretty much. Yeah. You have the date. You have the date on it. I, I don't have a study right in front of me, but I, I you know I can see with my there eyes. Are just as many, if not more, racists on a Democrat name side. Five ele- avowed, name five self-proclaimed white supremacists in the Democratic Party. Name three. I don't know any. I don't know any. <laughs> I rest I know my case. Many. I rest my case. These so, groups are not, not, I'm not judging them. So, they say they're white nationalists. I'm not, I didn't say it, they did. And again, getting back to individualism, has nothing to do with of me course. any more than <laughs> any more than Democrats any more than Democrats are responsible for the racists in their party. But you are. Oh, I'm responsible. Oh, I'm responsible for them. I'm going after them too, Miss Collette. Uh, we're out of time. I hope you'll come back. I you're, I do appreciate uh, the spirit of our conversations. Real quick, where do we find you online? You can find me at NJGOP Diva. On Twitter, please. N-J-G-O-P Diva. <laughs> she even she doesn't yeah. call it X. All right, Miss Collette, thank you so uh, much. No, right. I'm old school. I, 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 I refuse to call it X. It's weird. I love Elon, but it's weird. Thank you for joining us. Your response is to the convo next on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. We're not for everybody, but we're for everybody. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. All right, if you heard something you liked or heard something you didn't like, now's a perfect time to call 809-20-1580, 809-20-1580. So I think what uh, Miss Melanie Collette did really well was lay out to us, uh, yeah, I heard talking points that I've heard before um, from all kinds of, of conservatives in in, you know, in politics and education and on television, uh, pundits, as well as social media. However, I think it's really important to note that they are coalescing around, coalescing around this idea of ending diversity, equity, and inclusion. And um, Professor Lawrence Ross put it really well on Twitter when he said, you know, that I re- I retweeted it. You can find it at DePrima Radio. You can find uh, me on uh, KBLA 1580 or DePrima Radio on all platforms. And what what they're doing is they're making it the new whipping boy or whipping girl. It's 
the new affirmative action. And what he says is, you know, white folks were angry. And, and really, I think what he meant was racists were angry because we had affirmative action. Then they were happy when the Supreme Court struck it down. But then they were sad because they didn't have anything to blame for everything anymore. And now they're happy again because they've taken up DEI as the new CRT, the new affirmative action. What does it mean? It means they are systemically going to start and it's already starting. You see it in Florida where uh, Governor DeSatan has uh, outlawed diversity, equity, inclusion programs in education, in public education. Private education, the private sector will be next, where they're attacking DEI just the way they attacked uh, affirmative action. So that it's not only that we don't want, it's not only that you won't be protected against racism. We don't even want you included. We don't want you there. We don't want you there, even if it benefits us, which the data does show when there is a more diverse student body, a more diverse corporate workplace, those students and those companies thrive. They do better because this is a global society. It is a diverse society if you look at it as an entire world instead of just looking at your city, county, neighborhood, town, your clique, your circle of billionaires. It is a diverse world. And when students function in a diverse world, when workers have to move in a complex uh, kind of structure with lots of different kinds of people, they make more money. Students are more prepared to go out and work in that world. They don't care. This is racism because it's not logical. Whenever we get away from logic, when you start telling me my money's not as green as the next woman's money, or you, you would rather exclude me from Harvard, MIT, you know, the Fortune 500 boardrooms, even though you will make more money, even though your children will do better in the world if I'm there, the only logic to that is hate. That is the only logic to it. And the thing that's most perplexing for me about uh, the situation with Claudine Gay is that it is a template that I expect we will see used again and again and again, right? Especially now as folks are being emboldened and we have a McCarthyistic approach to rooting out anti-Semitism. People that listen to this show, people that have listened to me on the past three shows know that I'm adamantly against hate, adamantly against anti-Semitism, as are most of us in the civil rights justice space. But when you start getting into this McCarthyistic thing where I can just hurl an accusation at you and then uh, you lose your job, you lose your credibility, you are labeled as such, that's a problem. I need receipts, prove it and show it and be specific, right? Um, the targeting of individuals within academic institutions that people conservatives, people that hate justice, anti-black folks want to get rid of for whatever reason is a problem. And when those institutions abandon the people, you could say, well, they didn't abandon gay because she is getting her salary. She still has her job. But they've abandoned her from the position of her retaining that leadership role. 
then this is a blueprint for how they can remove us, pick us off from academic positions, corporate posts, <laughs> and, you know, government too. Wait for it. It's a new Republican blueprint. When Elon Musk tweeted, DEI must die, those were instructions. It wasn't just an exclamation. It wasn't just a pondering or uh, this is what I'm feeling today, mood, DEI must die. It wasn't that, hashtag mood. It was instructions. It was a blueprint. And this, uh, to me, is something that we need to be aware of in order to be clear about how we defend folks in these spaces. And, uh, you know, that's what I'll say. I mean, I I, kind of thought you guys were going to call in because there's so much conversation going on in the chat. Like Paul Lee says, this was never about plagiarism. And I think when you when you look at someone or listen to, I guess we didn't get to look at Melanie Collette. She's she's in uh, she's in a different state. wasn't able to join me in person. Oh, speaking of in person, uh, Freeway Ricky Ross will be in here tomorrow. Also speaking with uh, Minister Tony Muhammad should be a lively show. But when you listen to someone like Melanie Collette, and you hear what a bunch of people said in the chat, including Jamal. Uh, in Molly Bell, that she's in denial about racism, systemic racism. That is, I don't know if it's denial. I feel like it is a conscious choice to, that has to be made in order to survive as a stalwart in the Republican Party. When I say stalwart, I mean you could go into the Republican Party as a black person and be a maverick, try to be, you know, a John McCain for what it's worth. I don't know if that works in today's MAGA environment. It appears we may have a deal on the table to end the government shutdown. It appears, but who knows? These folks are, it's not just hurting cats, it's hurting wildcats. I don't think it's denial. I think it is, it's just like Clarence Thomas. The Supreme Court Justice, he got his affirmative action and then once he got in office, he wants to shut it down for everyone else. I got mine, but now I don't believe in it. Now it's a travesty. Now people will look at you crazy. There is no systemic racism, but I'm proud to be the only black woman elected official for my county. But that's because I'm good. See, they get to say, I earned it. I'm better. I'm superior. It's not that I faced systemic racism. I fought hard and I won because I'm better than you. And that individualism is what allows us to say the person wasn't killed because they were black. They were killed because they were a criminal or because they once stole cigars or because they were holding a kitchen knife. Thinking of Niani Finlayson, say her name, who was killed by sheriffs out uh, in the Antelope Valley here in the Los Angeles area. She called the cops trying to get help. Because her partner was uh, inflicting domestic violence upon her. And the cops come and they kill her. She's holding a kitchen knife. Allegedly. We could say, oh, well, that was a bad cop. He was handed a taser, threw it down, got the gun, killed the lady. Had time to discern between a taser and a gun and knew he wanted to shoot to kill. But didn't have time to discern between the perpetrator, and the victim. 
even though the victim is the one that called 911 for help. But if you say, oh, it's just one person making a mistake, having a bad day, being a racist, if you, if you want to go that far, you can. that's why I always push back against the bad apples. The one bad cop, one bad president. <laughs> one bad 45. Because it is perpetuated by, rewarded by, and in fact, fostered by this system. The policies, the rules, the laws, the traditions that continue to support disadvantage, racism, discrimination. And it's not an oppression Olympics, but there is a food chain, right? That's what Isabel... Um, Oh God, why can't I think of her name? Uh, the book Cast. For some reason, I can't think of her name. The writer. But um, she talks about how there's a caste system. Wilkerson, that's what it is. And black people are on the bottom. It's not to say, woe is me, or to feel sorry for ourselves, or to be victims, as Melanie Collette put it. I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. I'm not even a survivor. I'm a victor. Because when we fight, we win. But if you don't know that you're fighting a system and you believe it's just one bad apple, then it gets into who likes me and who doesn't. You fight one bad apple after another, but you never get to the root cause. You never get to the system. You never dismantle the entire structure that continues to create another and another and another Dylan Roof, another and another and another Derek Chauvin. And to promote that Derek Chauvin, who was a training officer who trained all you know, lots of other cops to be just like him. If you don't dismantle the system that rewards that, if you don't dismantle that system, then you're just playing, you know, Pac-Man or whatever you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. You're, 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 well, folks in the chat are calling it denial. I think it's much more cynical than that. I think it's, I got mine. Now, F you. I think it's, I got mine, now forget you, forget my community. It is the ultimate capitalist individualism where we have no care, no responsibility, no connection with the collective. Love to hear your thoughts, always 800-920-1580. I'm Dominique DePrima for KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. All right, if you guys don't want to clap back on Melanie Collette, you're uh, welcome to do so at 809-201-1580. I'll give you some uh, quick updates, uh, things going on. Hezbollah said uh, today that one of its commanders was uh, shot down in a strike in southern Lebanon or hit, I don't know if it's a bomb or what, um, but this is got people concerned that uh, we keep hearing this, that the war could um, spread there, um, you know, as Israel continues uh, to pound uh, Gaza in their uh, war with Hamas. Um, meanwhile, another journalist has been killed. Uh, this particular uh, conflict in Gaza um, 
killing more journalists than any, any war um, in recent history. Uh, the eldest son of the, the bureau chief for Al Jazeera's Gaza Bureau was killed. His name was Hamza al-Dadwa. Um, he's a journalist and cameraman. He was driving um, in in Gaza and uh, their, their car was hit. Um, there's another uh, freelance journalist, Mustafa Thuraya, was also killed, and another one, Hazim Rajab, um, seriously injured. That uh, continues a trend of you know, the um, mass mass uh, killing of journalists in Gaza. Um, and Israel's now saying that they are they, they're in a new phase in their war. They're going to be ramping down. Um, not sure quite what that means. I assume that they are um, responding to um, the pressure from uh, the Biden administration to, um, you know, lessen the killing of civilians to um, kind of turn back the the clock on this um, world opinion. World opinion has been very strongly... Um, you know, veering towards peace. The ceasefire talk that was quiet has grown louder and louder. Uh, he who shall not be named, former president of the uh, United States, has he will uh, go to federal appeals court um, tomorrow in D.C. to hear out his um, his fate around presidential immunity from prosecution, he said on Truth Social. That, of course, I'm entitled as president of the United States and commander-in-chief to immunity, Finger, uh, thumb on the scale, anyone? He says he will, uh, he will show up. 40 states in the U.S. now under blizzard uh, watch, um, getting slammed um, uh, with wind, flooding, and snow. Massive snow. Even in California where I sit, it's chilly for us. High winds, but up to 18 inches of snow um, falling in parts of Colorado and even snow here in the mountains in um, California over the weekend. Nine states in the West hit with uh, snow and blizzard warnings continuing this morning. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to call it <laughs> climate change. I'm not going to call it the climate emergency because, honestly, um, I don't have the data in front of me. The, uh, turns out, our defense secretary has been in the hospital since December 22nd, and we're just now finding out. What's that about? Give you updates on that and more. Not too late to call me, 809-201580s, KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. Loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. Details. The conversation continues right now, right now, right now with right now. Dominique DePrima on First Things First. And, uh, yeah, I thank you for doing so. How does the Defense Secretary of the United States of America go into intensive care and no one knows about it? Apparently, um, his own um, undersecretary, his deputy, Kathleen Hicks, who took over in his uh, absence, thought he was on vacation. Turned out he was in, in intensive care. Supposedly, President Biden didn't even know um, that he was in the hospital and he was admitted to Walter Reed the first of the year. They said he's recovering well, but um, that's, well, I guess that's why he's the defense secretary. He knows how to do covert action. Seems a bit 
I don't know. I think there's more to the story than meets the eye. These are those crazy moments when I wish Dick Gregory was here because that just sounds, that just doesn't sound right. You know, the the command, the d- defense secretary over the giant military operation that is the United States of America in the midst of uh, at least two wars, um, you know, is MIA since Christmas and nobody notices. Mm. Yeah, there's something wrong with that picture. Um, I feel like, you know, we uh, over the weekend, um, the former president um, is has been making his case to the public. It's kind of a combination of um, campaigning, throwing out talking points, and um, trying to sway jury pools in advance. Uh, so we shall see. It's going to be really interesting what happens tomorrow because this um, decision regarding his immunity will affect uh, every other case, I think. I'm not a lawyer, but I've heard plenty of lawyers uh, that... Uh, that agree with that assessment that if a grant should say a judge should grant him the um i don't know the grace the get out of jail free card that presidents are above the law then how can he be prosecuted for anything and he won't even have to be a dictator on day 1 he'll already be a dictator um and so will Biden and any other president of the United States of America if we are saying that the president is above the law, um, then what we're saying is that uh, there can be no law at all, that a president can do whatever they want. Even Nixon knew better than that. He said, if the president does it, then it's not illegal. But yet huh, he resigned to, to uh, flee prosecution. So it would be a new day and a bad day indeed. All, all eyes will be on that uh, court hearing tomorrow. It's time for me to hand the mic off to Tavis Smiley. He's got an amazing Monday lineup for you as usual. I'm Dominique DePrima. I think you know that. I'll see you on social media, KBLA 1580 on all platforms. Find me at DePrima Radio, D-I-P-R-I-M-A, and then radio. History is now, and we are making it together. Look, there's so much coming up this week. Please join me on Thursday at 3 o'clock on, uh, at the Holman uh, United Methodist Church where we will be paying tribute uh, to Reverend James Lawson. Until tomorrow, one love.